to The Anthroposopher, where we bring anthroposophy to life through interviews, conversations, and explorations. I'm Lars Capitici, your host. In this episode, recorded in April 2019 at the Gertianum in Dornach, Switzerland, I interview Sergio Gaetti. He's got a lot to say about threefold and how it's an awareness, not just the theory. We talk about the uniqueness of each individual as a spirituality within itself. And hey, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Go to anthroposophy.org to find out more about anthroposophy and check out our library of online webinars and everything you want to know about anthroposophy. Hey, Sergio. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on The Anthroposopher. Oh, um, thank you, Laura. <laughs> so we are here. Let's just tell everybody where we are. Yes, uh, we are at the Gitanum, actually. We are on the, I believe this should be the north side. Oh, yeah. Gitan, right? We're looking out a beautiful window at some tall trees and the amazing, um, just the amazing architecture of this place. The living architecture, they call it. It is living <laughs> architecture. I agree. It really feels like that, yes. for sure. Yes. Okay, so we, we've just kind of met, and, yes. uh, and here we are together, and you live in Italy, typically. In Where? Milano. In, oh, Milano. Milano. Yes, we call it the, 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 the New York of Italy. Oh. Not only because we have the stock market, but because it's also, <laughs> you can say, a cultural center for Italy. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, I've been there once briefly, and I loved it. It's so beautiful. Uh, very, very, that's also a very living city, you can say. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Okay, good. So um, I thought we could talk, you have a bunch of projects going on, but I'm going to let you um, sort of explore whatever you want to, but I'd like to ask this question about how you met anthroposophy in your life. Sure. Okay, so the, the funny thing is that I was actually born in South America, so mm -hmm. I was born in Venezuela, and uh, when I was 12, I moved to the United States, and I did all of my high school in the United States. I, I did my, my high school in one of the, um, one of the biggest um, institutions, one of the biggest high schools in Florida, in Miami. Okay. And then uh, at the age of 17, I decided to move to Europe uh, mm -hmm. because my, my family, that's why my last name is Italian, it's Gaiti, and uh, my, my family is originally from Parma where Parmesan cheese comes from. Oh, yeah. That one is easy, right? <laughs> Parmesan cheese comes from there. And um, so I, I told my parents uh, that I wanted to move to Europe, that I wanted to live a European lifestyle. And for me, it was really a no-brainer. At 17, I finished my high school, and I went right away on my own to Europe, to Parma. Wow, well, you are adventurous. Yes. <laughs> Such a young age, too. So you went to a big public high school in Miami? I went to a big public high school in Miami, and then when I went to Parma, I, I started studying political science and European institutions. And uh, I was really lucky, or we could say also maybe it was part of my destiny. Uh -huh. As soon as I got to Parma, one of the first things I did was to register for um, a watercolor course. Um, mm. And it was based on anthroposophy. And so... There, I, I, actually, I actually still have that painting in, in my wall in my house, and I, I, I totally, it, was, it is really the object that allows me to realize how soon I met anthroposophy, because, you know, when you meet it, you don't always have like this aha moment where you know exactly where it is, because maybe you meet many people, you go to many lectures or things like that, mm -hmm. but that really allowed me to go back easily, because I, have, I still have this painting in my home, uh -huh. and I was 18 when I finished it, wow. and this was really my first encounter with anthroposophy throughout, 
And so it, it was really interesting for me because this way of meeting anthroposophy, you could say through an art form, through an art theme, um, I transformed because then I dedicated basically my whole um, study life and my, my whole action life, my whole will life to the threefold social order, mm. um, which is what I would call um, an, a short social art. So mm. in a way, uh, this um, art introduction for me was a way to sort of have this art theme in the social life. And Beautiful. that's that's how um, I met Anthroposophy. And then when I, I finished my um, university diploma, my thesis was on social threefold order. Mm. So I basically uh, put very um, secure and uh, founded theme in, in my, my biography, which is threefold social order. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, this is amazing. I want to know, what's the painting of? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it's, um, it's a landscape. Um, mm -hmm. It's a landscape where you see in the middle... Um, as a really small, colorful boat mm -hmm. that is that is moving, but you don't really understand whether it is a lake or it's the sea. It's, mm -hmm. it's not really clear. Mm -hmm. And then there is this little boat moving, which actually the color of the boat is very similar to the color of my my um, my sweater. My sweater. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you would it's call like this. A fuchsia, almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. So it's actually a very similar color. Very bright. And then uh, there are a couple of hills mm -hmm. on the background, and in one of those hills. Uh, there, there is um, a lighthouse, mm -hmm. also a very colorful lighthouse. Mm. And then I always had um, this um, sort of funny thing of mine to paint myself in, in a painting. So uh -huh. you can see that there is a little um, guy, a little shadow beside uh -huh. the lighthouse. Oh. And of course, I thought that it was me right. <laughs> inside of the painting. <laughs> very nice. Okay, well, now I have a good visual of that. So yes. this teacher um, that you had there, that's, that's where you started to encounter some of the lectures and the readings and... Well, like not, not with the art teacher, but with, uh, through the art teacher, be uh, because I asked her, so what, what is all these really interesting things that you're using to do the, the art course? I really liked what you, I, it sounds really familiar to me, you know, uh -huh, like, uh -huh. what is this stuff? And then she said, well, you know, I based it on anthroposophy, and so then I started looking into it, and because I studied political science in European institutions, then I thought, wow, okay, wonderful, I'm, I, I want to really go into depth into this subject, really interesting, I thought. Awesome. Okay, so <laughs> yes. we, we're actually at 100 years of threefold exactly. this year, and I'm sure some of the people listening have no idea even what it is. So I, I wonder... Um, where you want to go with it next because yeah, yeah. okay so that that's that's interesting last night we we had let me uh, go a little bit backwards uh, last night we had a really beautiful uh, eurythmic performance here mm -hmm. so um, I don't know if you were present, Laura. I, yeah, I was. Yeah, it what? was so beautiful. The music was amazing. Amazing. And, oh, the colors and the yeah. yes. And in I, one of my favorite parts of this performance was this. Um, uh, reading from from the, the the Genesis, which is in in, uh, in the principle in the beginning, mm -hmm, right in the right. beginning. So it's it's uh, the 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 original word. It's a better sheet, right? Mm -hmm. In the beginning. Um, another possible translation is not just in the beginning, but in a beginning, mm -hmm. as in many beginnings. So mm -hmm. um, you can read this um, in the sense that. Um, in, in our lifetime, we have the possibility to begin many times. Yes. Um, and what's interesting about this word, Bereshit, it, is that it's also, it also means head, head as in mm -hmm. the, the physical head. So huh. it's, it's not only uh, the beginning as in something that starts, mm -hmm. and I, I repeat, it's a beginning yeah. amongst many, 
but it's also the head. So I I use this. Sorry if I'm making a really long. No, no, <laughs> curve. it's really good. And, and and can you say the word again? Is it in German that you're no, saying no, it? No, Hebrew. A bet, in Hebrew. Be, okay. Better sheet. Better sheet. And so if we look at a beginning, and a beginning that begins in the head, so that starts from the head, that is out of the head sphere, then we can say that every time that we begin something anew, uh, we can begin it anew from a new awareness, from a new consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it in the Genesis, it's. Of course, the, the the formation of man in, mm -hmm. in a in a symbolic in in many um, aspects, but we have the possibility in our lifetime to begin again with a new consciousness. And for me, what I have um, the little that I have understood from social threefolding, because it's really a huge a huge theme. Yeah. And um, for me, it's really about how to begin in, in getting this awareness of social threefolding. So it is not a model, mm -hmm. it is not a theory that I'm going to apply, mm -hmm. it is not a formula that I'm going to use to solve issues, okay. it is a matter of awareness. Mm -hmm. So I would say it is the beginning of an awareness of mm -hmm. threefolding. And in this sense, this awareness can be threefolded. And um, why is it threefolded? Because mm -hmm. we have three different spheres of, or three different awarenesses mm -hmm. or three different destinies. You, you can say many things or three different plans. Right. And so how can we uh, see this? We see that in, in life, usually there is more um, a more idealistic, a more spiritual or cultural sphere. And so this is first sphere mm -hmm. um, and in this sphere it is so very much important that I am free in, in my thinking right mm -hmm. I, I want to be free to think what I want it mm -hmm. is so important that I think freely and so this is why the principle of freedom is so important in this sphere mm -hmm. then when you go down you have this um, sphere of law and mm -hmm. you can call it also the political sphere and is is the sphere where each one of us has to be the exact same in front of the law okay mm -hmm. so Every man is created equal, we say, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have this um, equality um, principle in, in the mm. law sphere. And then in the final sphere, we have the economic sphere. And in the economic sphere, we talk about interdependence. Uh, it's interesting because Steiner speaks, uh, speaks about um, a scientific fraternity. Mm -hmm. So it is not a moral or a religious fraternity is a scientific fraternity. And why is it scientific? Because you can observe in economic life that this sweater, what color you said it was? Fuchsia. That this fuchsia <laughs> sweater that I'm wearing, I have no idea how to make it. Mm -hmm. This gray pants that I'm wearing, I have no idea how to make them. Mm -hmm. The people who um, had the idea to, to, to make them, the, the people who transported it from the factory right. to to store, right. I don't know them, right. but they have all worked for me. So mm. I, am, I was dependent mm -hmm. on all of these people behind me mm -hmm. to do all these things so that today I'm in front of you and I'm, I'm not cold right now because I have this nice sweater on. But it's thanks to them that I have this cold, this nice sweater on. It, it wasn't me, it was, it was them. So, and they maybe depend on me on other things that I do. And so this interdependence in economic life, it's scientific. You can really observe scientifically that we are brothers in, in the economic life. It is not moral, it is not religious, it is scientific. And it's very important to notice this because when we talk about spiritual science, we're not talking about um, ancient wisdom. 
we're talking about modern scientific observation of reality that comprehends spiritual action in reality. And this means we simply include and not exclude the possibility that there's spirit acting. And in anthroposophy, we can say that whenever there is an individual which is unique, that is acting in economic life, this is spiritual, because each individual is unique. And this uniqueness, it's itself proof of its own spirituality. Mm. Wow, this was such a clear explanation of these different spheres. And now you're talking about spiritual science, which I think people don't understand what that word means. But you now you've like explained it in, in such a sort of I, a way of... Uh, almost a phenomenological way of looking at it, right? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. People probably don't know that word either, but <laughs> we have a very unique set of language here. Yes. But um, in, in terms of observ observing, you know, how could you possibly be unique? How could I possibly be unique? Well, we are unique in the sense that um, each of us really has to find um, what, why we are here. And if you really ask yourself this question, nobody can really ask, answer this question for you. Mm. So if we ask, if I ask you, Lara, why, why do you exist? Why are you in this world? You can ask your mother, you can ask your husband, you have three children, right? Yeah. You can ask your three children, but mm, are they really going to answer this properly? No. The only person that can really answer this properly is yourself. Because only in yourself, in, in, in the consciousness of yourself, can you really answer why do you exist and what is the purpose of your, of your life? Mm -hmm. And so in, findings, in finding one's own life purpose, this is the, the true definition of spirituality. Mm -hmm. And this is the true definition of uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And in the sense that we have very similar um, aspects, for example, in a country, uh, in Italy, we all speak Italian. In, in the U.S., most people speak English. My, my, my mother, uh, she has been living in the U.S. for many years, but she still has... Speaks Spanish. <laughs> she yeah. speaks more Spanish yeah. than English. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, there's many things that, of course, unite us in, in um, you can say, cultural way. But right. there is another aspect that I, I, I would call spiritual, which is a higher aspect. And this, ha this aspect has to do with destiny and, and in finding out one's own destiny. And this cannot be defined by culture, cannot be defined by context, it, it can only be defined by human being itself. Mm. Nice, and I, we heard a little bit of that in some of the lectures that we just heard here today about Indeed. people's destiny, children in particular, and children with challenges, and, and all of us, really. Um, okay, so what else do you want, what else, where should we go next? Well, I can say that now I'm living in, um, in uh, Milano, as I said before, and my attempt in this um, framework of threefold social awareness mm -hmm. is to bring this also to the business world. So mm. um, I'm actually a business consultant. I did also an MBA, uh, so a Master of Business Administration, not when I say this word in Italy, people think that I play basketball. So <laughs> I, al I always have this necessity to be precise and say it's not basketball, not only because I'm not tall enough, but <laughs> because I, I, I have nothing to do with, I uh, have not much to do with sports. Really. So, um, I'm not much of a sports person. And so I, I feel that um, in, in this awareness, this three, threefold awareness that we mentioned before, 
I feel that there is a lot of work to do in the business world because if you if you put um, at the center of a, a company of organization, it's not really just about business. You can you can talk about these aspects in any any um, activity of humanity, but especially in business, it's so interesting because you realize that when a company is having trouble, when um, an organization is having trouble, it is always regarding its identity. Mm -hmm. And what we just talk, talked about before, what we just talked about, um, finding one's own destiny, yeah. about the individual destiny, this um, concept of destiny, you can really apply that concept also to uh, an organization and to a company and say that the reason mm -hmm. why, for example, people are unhappy or the reason why the company is not let me use the common term performing mm -hmm. as it should be financially it's always always if you really go deep into analysis it goes back to how that organization if it's living its own identity mm -hmm. and how well the people the decision makers or the directors of that organization are living within this organization's identity and the, the lack or the incoherence of this really brings the bad results in the long run, in the end. Because, first of all, from a more social perspective, people don't feel connected to the identity if this is not being coherent, if it is not being lived throughout the processes of the organization. And secondly, if uh, usually, for example, a company sells either products or services, and if these products or services, or the way, or the way that these products or services are being sold, are not coherent to the identity and to the original message of this organization, then people are not going to buy them because they, they're not going to believe them. And, right. and, and, and business and economics, it's about trust, right? Yes. We, t we talk about branding, but branding, it's also, you can, you can also look at it in a spiritual perspective and say that branding is about finding one's own identity mm. and about being transparent and real and coherent about what you say. And so this is interesting for me to go into depth into organizations and businesses and try to um, study and analyze and, 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 and see with decision makers how they're living the identity of the organization and how this identity becomes the strategy. So we don't put the strategy in the sense of how can we grow and how can we make more money. But growing and making more money is the result of a coherent identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, this is beautiful. I'm so excited you're doing this with businesses because it it connects to um, a sense of truth, I think, so that people, like you said, if you can have a brand, but if there's dissonance between, like if you're just using words to yeah. create the brand and it's not connected to the identity, just as you can just as I wouldn't trust a person who's saying one thing and I'm sensing another. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this connection to the being sort of in the proper connection with the destiny, of, you know, as an individual or as an organization, it's really, hmm. So what do you do when, you know, you get into an organization, this must happen all the time, where they don't know who they are. I mean, this happens with people. Yes, I mean, we go to therapy, course. you know, because we don't know who we yes, are, yes. right? And maybe you get more lost in therapy than... Yeah, than well, you could, you could, you could. Hopefully yes. there's some excavation going yes. on or something. But yeah, I yeah, know you're right, depending on what, what you're doing in there. Yes, yes. <laughs> or who you're with. So it's, it's interesting. It's always a matter of will. 
and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. for me, freedom is very important. So I would never go to an organization or a company and um, sort of impose any path. It's mm -hmm. really, if they call me, then I go. Yeah. And if they feel this need, it means that they have the will also, maybe, uh -huh. possibly, Hopefully. potentially, uh -huh. to, to transform this. And so um, it's easier um, also because if I am called upon, it means that there is a need and there is a will to transform. And so we do uh, workshops and we do um, work together with the first, what you would call the head. Mm -hmm. So at mm -hmm. the beginning of our conversation, yeah. we were talking about Bereshit, which is the head also. Mm -hmm. So it's always important to know that the head is not only intended in a physical way, mm -hmm. but is a matter of, of awareness. Mm -hmm. So the first work that you have to do and you can do in any organization is also a work on awareness. Mm -hmm. and people are not necessarily evil or they're not necessarily not willing to change or to transform themselves. This also can happen, but it's not necessarily that. Sometimes it's a matter of awareness. So yeah. it's taking the time and giving them the time mm -hmm. as an external, so giving also a little bit of objectivity, yeah. because I'm not involved in all of the psychological and social yes. tensions that there might be, right. because I'm, I'm, I'm an outsider, right. right? So as an outsider, I give them the possibility, I give them a space that becomes a free space mm -hmm. where they can become aware. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I don't do most of the work. Right. They do most of the work. Right. But what I am is actually just opening opportunities for them yeah. to be aware mm -hmm. of who they are, of where they come from, and where they want to go. Mm -hmm. So I can say that I'm more like an opportunity opener. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, and you need to have that intentionally created, I think. Exactly. People, people do and organizations do. Otherwise, they'll just keep going and exactly. not take the time to have that awareness, as you're saying. To reflect, really. Yes. It's important. And nowadays, it's really difficult to have that because mm. um, the, the, the speed of our lives and, and the, the, um, the results that are being requested from us um, are always very uh, short-term. And so we don't really have the time to, um, to breathe and to, to think. But it's important really to create, just as it is important for an individual to create an inner time. Mm -hmm. In Italian, the word tempo, and so it means time, mm -hmm. and the word temple comes from the same origin. So mm -hmm. you can say that we need to build our own temple mm -hmm. and our own time. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the same word. To, in order to, to be able to not be always running after what the outside world is asking from us, mm -hmm. but to be able to go back to what we said at the beginning, to be able to go back and say, what is the purpose mm -hmm. of my life? And I can use this exact same question and put it in an organization. And if this organization finds the time to find this temple, then we can say, what is the purpose of this organization? amazing so you do that work do you work with other people yes I have many um, in time we say collaborators people uh -huh. that, that I work with and and we facilitate uh, the work uh, in, in team works and in sometimes also individual work because it's also sometimes necessary yeah. um, especially because each of us myself yourself included we have you can say the light and the darkness and so sometimes yeah. in the group um, it's uh, it's easy that this darkness um, sort of comes out, but is not 
always very clear and it's, it acts without it being so evident and so sometimes you need individual work in order to go into this uh, darkness, if I may say, yeah. and then and, and excavate, as you used this, word, this term before, and then see how to help this person if he or she wants to, mm-hmm. um, to work on that individually. So we, we do uh, an individual and a collective work mm. and we help basically organizations and companies finding their own true self. It's this extraordinary work, and so you're bringing these sort of anthroposophical principles and these ideas of through-folding and all the spiritual pictures to any organization. Any organization. Like mainstream organizations, not all anthroposophical organizations. Yes, and, and we have also worked with, uh, just to give you an example, with um, theater um, oh. organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we have worked with schools mm-hmm. because, as I said before, this can be applied to businesses, but it can certainly mm-hmm. be applied to organizations and even to anthroposophic organizations because the threefold awareness, and I, I use this word on purpose, awareness, not model or theory, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. <laughs> the threefold awareness is not so uh, um, spread, unfortunately, in, in also in the Waldorf movement, for example, in the right. Waldorf school movement. So it's very important. I think that word awareness is really clarifying for me because I'm always trying to pin it down, like yeah. what threefold is. Mm-hmm. And an, an awareness is a very different kind of thing because it's fluid and it grows and you can like step into and it. And it's individual. And it's individual, that's right. Yes. So can I ask you, I don't we won't have that much time left because we're between no. sessions yes, right now. Yes, we have to go work. Yeah, we have to go <laughs> on work. On our awareness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my... My husband was recently on a call with some people that were, you know, talking about threefold economics, and he was like, you know, I, w- I really want to work out of this model. And I was like, well, did anybody talk about, like, what you can do individually, like in your home even, to work from this place? So what would, what would you say is, is so, like, I can go home and I'm living my life and I'm in a regular straight economy in the United States where the economic realm dominates everything, essentially. I mean, in many ways, at least yeah. that's my perception right now. What can I do? What can you do individually? Yeah. I think it's important to realize that any um, activity in, in our life has these three aspects. Mm-hmm. And so um, a, an interesting, um, I would say, meditative or uh, an interesting reflection would be to see how we are acting in our daily life um, and how these three realms are present in our daily life. And so, uh, for example, if you, if you feel or if you see that in your life there is um, an interference uh, between the cultural and the economic aspect, or I can say the spiritual and the economic aspect, then you should, there should be an alert coming off, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the threefold social consciousness, each um, aspect, each sphere has its own autonomy, its own independence. Just like in the body, each organ is independent, although working for the totality, for the organism. Right. And if we analyze our lives and we see, am I making, for example, am I buying something because I truly need it in the economic sense of needing it, in the sense that I, I need this food in order to survive, for example, or am I buying it because of this seductive element that is making me buy it, for example. And so this seductive element that is coming from what I would call the cultural life, but a cultural life that is very seducing in a way, Mm -hmm. you know? So, for example, if you look at uh, commercials 
of uh, all of these uh, really interesting, fascinating objects that mm -hmm. are not really um, necessary. Yes. And then and Alexa. Uh, yes, for example, <laughs> I, I I think that this would be a very practical and individual way of looking at it and say, um, hmm, when is this uh, seducing cultural aspect uh, mm -hmm. interfering with my economic life, which should be um, mostly connected with my true needs? Yeah. And so when I go into the cultural and, and, and spiritual life, which is, of course, the same for me, um, am I introducing economic aspects? And so we, we, we have to sort of look into our life, in the choices that we're making, in the behavior that we're having in our biographies, and try to analyze how there is some interference. And there is always a lot of interference. I myself make a lot of interference. So I think this self-observation is very interesting and very important. I think that's a great first step, and I'm definitely going to take that back to California with me <laughs> to share. Excellent. Okay, thank you so much, Sergio. It's been thank a you, pleasure talking with you. Thank Is there you. anything you didn't get to say that you wanted to say? No, I'm really happy that we had this conversation, and maybe we can have another conversation I in the future. I would love that. Okay. okay, thank you. Thank you, Laura. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for joining us today on The Anthroposopher. Stay tuned for our next episode.